0: to Reality Roots podcast with me, your host, Hillary. Welcome back if you're coming back. Welcome new person if you are new. I'm glad you found me and I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoy podcasting. We're going to switch back (laughs) into our regularly scheduled programming, if you will. It is ricky lake we're back 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 with ricky lake i couldn't really tell the year but i could definitely see that it was pre-baby if you recall the last time i did ricky lake it was pretty clear that she was within that like one year's postpartum i feel like that was what did i i don't know i'm not gonna look guys i don't know it was like 1998 maybe i don't know we'll say pre-1998 ricky lake you call yourself my friend, but you're a backstabbing bitch. <laughs> that's that's the actual title of, the, of this episode. Oh, it brings me joy. The Montel episode last week was like fascinating in a different way, but this is just, this is just silly again, guys. Ricky's so silly. You can tell her producers really were like pushing just from everything. Like the opening montage, we have Mm-hmm. It's not the same opening montage as the last time I watched a Ricky, but it's a lot the same. Like it's mostly her laughing at a photo shoot, not with the friends or the fake friends, but just by herself. Just like <laughs> oh, <laughs> laughing away, having a great time at some photo shoot for I don't know what this show. Probably, I guess. Anyway, it's like a fun music And then when we get the title up on the screen, there's, like, different, what do we call them, like, effects? I only really use this in PowerPoint, but, like, on-screen, like, a star wipe. I can't remember what that's from, but there was some, oh, my gosh, (laughs) shitty podcast. (laughs) I don't know, remember it was, like, oh, it was The Simpsons, wasn't it? Like, star wipe, star wipe, (laughs) everything gets a star wipe effect. This time, it was, like every couple of words in the title had their own, like, on-screen effect and a different font and color. So, like, you <laughs> came in in, like, a circle and then call yourself <laughs> came in, like, swooped in from the side and then my like, appeared slowly. <laughs> Friend had some other effect on it. But you're uh, And then they had a... New screen, like they had to go to a different screen because there wasn't enough room on the first one for all that text and all those crazy fonts. So then backstabbing bitch in capital letters got its own title screen section. Uh but also bitch <laughs> had like stars for the ITCH. It was great. I love it. I, I I feel like, I'm starting to notice that Ricky, again, she's, like, that, oh, she's just your BFF. So many of her episodes start with, like, girlfriend something, like, a girlfriend, I dated your boyfriend, and he sucks. Like, that was, that was, like, a paraphrase of a previous episode I did, but anyway, something like that, right? It's all, it starts with, like, girlfriend, this one ends with bitch, it's, like, We get a lot of these. (laughs) Ricky, because she's such a fun girl, you know? She's like your fun gal pal. (laughs) Uh, First, okay, so anyway, we're going to talk about some, I don't know, backstabbing friend-type situations. First up, we're going to talk to Angela and Darcel. I had a lot of trouble not writing Darnell, and I don't know who Darnell is. I maybe just seemed like... (laughs) A more existent name than Darcel, I guess. I took a lot of notes on outfits because every single person's outfit was insane. Like, it was pure 90s insanity everywhere, all over the screen. It was wild. So, Angela, we meet first. She's got this, like, black pleather overalls situation, but... It's got like a short skirt. Like it's not pants overalls. It's a short skirt overalls. Black pleather. And then she's got a white collared blouse underneath and white tights and black shoes. This must have been a theme because there's another outfit that's a lot of this. Even in Sally, I don't know, uh, a lot of other episodes that I think I've seen from this timeline are like black, white, black white all the way down the outfit so maybe it was some kind of weird trend there's a guy i it's probably the only set of people that i didn't really take detailed notes about their outfit so we'll meet him later but he has a shirt that is oh, it's like square like a quilt i guess squares But each square is like a completely different pattern. So one had stripes, and then one had big polka dots, and then one had little polka dots, and they were all different. And they were all maybe, oh, I don't know, six by six, like six inches by six inches, all black and white. A lot of black and white here happening. Angela's hair. I really don't want to be offensive. I hope you guys know that it is never, ever, ever my intention to be offensive. So I really hope that nothing in here comes out offensive. Angela's hair looks like a helmet made out of tiny braids glued very close together. And then she's got like a crazy bun at the back, like high. By crazy bun, I mean it's like sticking out. It's not a round or French bun or something like that sticking out. I really, I, I liked that as well at the time. I thought it looked great. I didn't have enough hair to really make a crazy bun or make it look anything but stupid, but it looked kind of like it was exploding out of the back of her head. And then it had a single cho- chopstick. I do remember chopsticks also being very popular as an access as a hair accessory. Did you guys know, if there's any young people listening to this, do you know that there was a significant period of time? I was in grade six, very specifically, maybe, maybe grade seven, grade six to seven, where chopsticks in your hair was the hype of cool accessories that you could use, but she just, I always had, I always used two <laughs> When I was in grade 6 and 7. She's just got one. And it actually looked more like a knitting needle than a chopstick. Because it had had kind of a ball on the end of it. And then she has two single curls. One on each side of her face. Kind of in like the side. Not the top side, but the sideburn area. She also has really big eyes with like a shit ton of black eyeliner all the way around and giant giant hoops I hope I explained the hair well enough because it was truly an insane thing to behold again a lot of these outfits were wild to behold (laughs) that hair particularly was specific now we do see Darcelle backstage so I'm going to explain her outfit as well while we're here talking about outfits fits if you will as the youngins say, I think. I don't know any young people, but I understand that now they call them fits. Could be totally wrong. I'm so old <laughs> sad. Anyway, Darcell's Okay, first of all, i again I'm not trying to be unkind, but Darcell Darcell's face She looks a lot like Bob the Drag Queen. Love Bob the Drag Queen, by the way. Not sure I'd want to look like Bob the Drag Queen, but Darcelle looks a lot like Bob the Drag Queen. Like, they could be related. Her glasses are kind of futuristic looking. They are shaped like a rectangle. Like, if you make a rectangle with your fingers and put them up to your eyes, kind of a narrow rectangle... And then just sort of little cutout kind of part where her nose is. But they were white or silver frames. Kind of gave me Geordie from Star Trek a little bit. Obviously not reflective. They weren't sunglasses. They were glasses, glasses. They looked crazy. She had, <laughs> she had a giant purple dress on with horizontal stripes. It had buttons all down the front. It was a real Barney shade of purple. I I would never wear that big of a dress in that shade of purple because I wouldn't want anyone to say I looked like Barney, particularly if I already looked like Bob the Drag Queen. I think there's a lot of things here that I would avoid. The horizontal stripes, just, just baseline, probably don't do that unless you're like a size zero and then you can wear, then you can wear horizontal stripes. I am actually wearing horizontal stripes right now. <laughs> I said that. So I don't know. Don't take it from me. I'm just saying mm, I wouldn't like, mm, I would, <laughs> she's giving, she's giving shades of Barney realness. That's all I'm trying to say. And it didn't look great. Her hair Her hair... Sorry, it's because I have to remember each piece of this outfit as I go through it. And it makes me laugh at every part. Her hair was very smooth. And flat. With an aggressive middle part. And it came out at a 45 degree angle from her face. And it kind of ended between her nose and her lips. Not... Not a layer to be seen in there at all. It, does that even sound real? Like, who even has... Oh, it, was all, it was almost like... Oh, gosh. Once again, could I keep a reference in my head if I tried? He looked like the bad guy from some movie. I don't really watch kids' movies. From the Lorax. He looks like the bad guy from the Lorax. If that guy's hair came out at a 45 degree angle from his head, <laughs> that's, that was the haircut. Not a great look. Not a look really that I would ever, ever, ever choose. Angela now describes the alleged lies. Angela's here because she says that Darcelle is a backstabbing bitch. <laughs> Not with that accent. But that's the accent I use when I say bitch. Someone asked Dar, no, someone asked Angela. <laughs> Angela and Darcel went to beauty school together. Someone from there asked her if that's her hair. And she was like, yeah, it's mine. Either I bought it or I grew it. Either way, it's mine, <laughs> which is very funny. Also, I want to say, I don't know what her hair looked like at that point, but it would never ever occur to me to ask Angela. As she appears on screen, if that's her hair. First of all, because as she points out, it's a stupid question. Second of all, because it's so clearly not. (laughs) I've never seen anyone's real hair look that much like a helmet. I really have to, it really was a helmet. It looked like if you hit her with a bat in the head, she wouldn't even feel it. She says that she she moved at some point. Angela moved. And Darcelle told people she was evicted, but that's not true. I don't want to get it. She had a whole story about what happened, but whatever. She didn't get evicted. Darcell met Angela's son's father and told him a bunch of stuff about Angela's new man and some trip they went on and they couldn't find someone to watch her son. So the son was going to come with them. And then that caused a big problem between... Angela and her son's father. Uh, she also says that An- <laughs> she also says that Darcel tells people that Angela's son is not Angela's son. And again, Angela, full of good reason, is says, "Do I have to show you the stitches that I got cut up for him?" <laughs> but like, a paternity, I guess, is something you could always throw into question at any moment, but. Maternity is pretty clear <laughs> most, most of the time, I would say, for most situations. Yeah, it's a weird... That's a weird... Even if somebody came up to me and told me that my friend's baby wasn't actually her baby, I don't even know how I'd respond to that. It's just such a wild accusation. So here comes Darcel. Darcel says that she's not two-faced. She's the one... That's two-faced. She does say it like that. Uh, I guess they've been friends for four years. One time, she was there late and slept over at Angela's house. And she woke up and grabbed the phone to check her messages at home, which was a real moment in time. There's another tidbit that I didn't even really experience because I was a kid, but from watching Friends, I I intuit, I understand that there was a moment in history where you could call your house from not from not your house and check your I don't it wasn't even voicemail but check your answering machine remotely. So that's what Darcel was gonna do, but Angela I guess was already on the phone when she picked it up. So she overheard Angela talking on the phone to some other friend, and Angela was saying. This bitch staying at my house for two weeks, eating up all my food and bitching about her. And then Darcelle says that after she hung up, she was like, oh, are you up? Do you want anything to eat? <laughs> I believe that. Like, yeah, of course, you're not going to say that. Ugh, you're not going to say that to your, directly. Or I understand why you wouldn't say that directly to your friend. <laughs> How this could happen, I guess. Angela explains that one night Darcelle did sleep over. But for the previous two weeks before that, she'd been there every single day from 8am to 8pm, which is a lot to see any person. I don't even see my husband (laughs) that much. Sounds like a lot. Duracell counters that Angela should have told her she just wanted her to leave instead of talking shit to her friend on the phone about it. And Angela counters that with, well, don't listen in on my phone conversations (laughs) that are private. And also, don't overstay your welcome, which, like, I think Angela's right. Spoiler alert. I think Angela's right. Ricky asks Darcelle if she told people Angela was evicted. Now we're going to talk about this eviction. Darcelle's like, yeah. Angela's like, why would you tell people that? And Darcelle says some stuff, and then Angela re-explains about this move, how, I don't know, the circumstances of it, and that Angela, or that... Darcelle had even asked her to sublet the apartment after she left so obviously Darcelle knew that she wasn't evicted because you can't sublet from someone who has been evicted. Now Ricky changes gears asks about the son not her son lie and Darcelle responds with something like but not ne- it was hard to understand her something like but not necessarily oh that's so important to her and then all All hell breaks loose, and they get a bit physical with each other. A team of guys in suits sweeps in to break it up, and then we get a hard cut. Like, we don't get to really see that. As soon as they put their hands on each other at all, like, it just cuts the camera. Ricky, when we come back, Ricky's like, as you know, we've had a bit of an altercation here. So they've moved their chairs, Angela and Darcel, now they've moved their chairs a bit apart, And made them promise to behave themselves because, as Ricky tells us, she does not put up with that nonsense. Ricky asks Angela what she wants to say to Darcel. Like, sum it up. I love how at the end you can always tell that we're wrapping up a story when the host asks the guest to wrap it up. (laughs) Or, you know, summarize what their point is that they want to get across or what question, whatever they want to ask. Angela says, I want to know why she was saying what she was saying and what did you get out of saying it? It's all lies. Was that your high to say some lies? And then they kind of threaten each other back and forth, just like a light threatening back and forth. Ricky asks if they still want to be friends. Darcelle's like, I ain't got no beef with her. <laughs> Angela's like, I got beef with her. <laughs> and there's a lot of awkward silences here. Ricky, it's your job not to let that happen, I think, by the way. But she asks that, and then it's just like, I haven't got no beat. Dead air. <laughs> Ten seconds. Ricky says, so you agree that you lied about her, and when she asks why, you just say because. And then we get this, like, tit for tat kind of between, like, well, you did this, well, you did that. And then I think it's ourselves like, oh, it's been a roller coaster always between us as long as we've been friends. I guess it kind of sounds like things were already going in the shitter between Angela and her baby daddy and then Darcelle getting involved. That actually seemed like the worst part is her is Darcell giving Angela's son's father all this additional information that I guess Angela didn't want him to have. Anyway, she says she's not jealous. Darcell says she's not jealous. She doesn't want this guy and that's not why she did it. Still doesn't really tell us why she did it. Darcel kind of tries to explain it, though. She's like, well, I, saw, I bumped into him, and he was asking me about Angela. He was like, Angela doesn't pick up the phone. What's going on with her? So then that's why she told him all this stuff about the trip. But lies, though? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Angela says very reasonably, I think. Angela's like, okay, well, then you should have just said, oh, I don't know. You got to talk to Angela. Peace. And then tell Angela that this has um, come up you know what I mean like just it could have been handled between Angela and the girl Darcelle did not need to get involved and provide all this information whether it was true or not I guess to Angela's son's father an audience member stands up and says I have two questions don't you have a life (laughs) Darcelle says she has a life and then she's like, do you have a life? And then the audience person gets all hand-wavy about it and says the words, you act like you're all that. And I wanted to be like, and a bag of chips, remember? Because I feel like this was about the same time period of like, all that and a bag of chips. Gosh, what a moment in time. And then, I don't know, the person's like, you're obviously very jealous of Angela Ricky tries to take it back to when they were beauty school friends like could they ever go back to being friends Angela's like no Darcel just kind of hand waves away this question Darcel seems to think that if Angela tells her something she has the automatic right to tell whoever she's like well you told me that so why wouldn't I tell all kinds of people (laughs) because it's it's not how you treat friends especially if it's you know, a sensitive situation like that. Another audience member stands up and says, Angela, friends like her you don't need. And another thing, Angela, if your son calls you Angela, like, I swear to God, this doesn't make any sense, but this is what it says. Or this is what they said. If your son calls you Angela, as long as you know that's your son, that's all you need. (laughs) It's like, first of all, yeah, that's obvious. I didn't really understand... She must have just misspoken with if your son calls you Angela. I presume that your son would call you mom and not by your first name. Anyway, okay. Another audience member who has a very gay affect. Can we call it a gay affect? I don't know what else to call it. I don't want to assume that they're gay based on just their affect, but it was a very... I'll try to the words were like, seriously homegirl, you say you ain't jealous. If you look in the mirror if if you look in the mirror, I'd be jealous too if I were you. And then they give an actual snap, like above their head, like a toss it back kind of snap. So we'll I don't know, call it whatever you want. It seemed like a gay affect to me, whether or not they were gay. Angela really likes that comment. And then we go to commercial. Now every time we come back from commercial in this episode. We get someone on the streets. Ricky's taking it to the streets. (laughs) She's got a fisheye lens, for some reason that I don't know, of people, just their face, (laughs) on the street. Like, they were obviously walking along. They were like, oh, let me ask you a question about this so we can get your hot take. And then they put a fisheye lens directly on their face. (laughs) And then they asked them about, I I don't know what their prompt was, something just about two-faced Two faced, as Darcel said, two faced friends. The two we talked to on this commercial aren't, they're not a fan of two faced people. No shit. When we get back, Ricky apologizes to Darcel and says they don't bring up people on stage to be insulted and apologizes for that man <laughs> telling her that she should be jealous of Angela, even though it was true. Up next, we have Jennifer and Susan and Ginger. <laughs> we'll meet Ginger in a second. Uh, first, we're gonna meet Jennifer. Jennifer's outfit again. We have all this white and black. It's like vest. It's a vest over a long sleeve white turtle. No, sorry. Jennifer's vest wasn't black. It was kind of a shitty green carpety kind of looking fabric, but it wasn't black. But it was over a long sleeve white turtleneck. And now I think back and I remember that my mom had a lot of white turtlenecks and I remembered people trying to put me in white turtlenecks as a child and I really did not like it. I did not like the feeling of having something up around my neck like that. Really not a fan. But now in my head, I was always like, oh, it's like a mom fashion. And now I'm wondering if it was just What was popular for adults when I was a child. (laughs) I think that might be the case. I'd say 2020. I wonder how my son will feel about yoga pants (laughs) when he gets there. Anyway, she's got a turtleneck. And she has really 80s hair. Jennifer needs a makeover just to bring her into the 90s. And I don't think it would look better from our vantage point here. But it looked out of date. For the 90s. Susan's outfit, on the other hand, was so cute. I would wear it today. I think it was so timeless. It's a little... She had a little black blazer. And I called it a power suit, but it was with a skirt. It was like a black suit. Skirt. Black skirt suit. With a blazer. And she had blonde hair. And it was in this really cute sort of tussled haircut it was sort of short. It looked so good. Her face was so pretty. Jennifer and Susan, I guess, were besties until Jen found out Susan was calling her a slut behind her back, and that she was lying about her past to her husband. Oh, sorry. The accusation is that Susan was saying that Jennifer was lying about her past to her husband to get his attention. And Jennifer was told this by her husband, who heard it from one of his friends. Oh, come, Susan! Jennifer's like, why? Jennifer does seem very sweet. She's like, why? Why is this happening? Susan is like, I thought things were fine. Like, I didn't even know there was a problem until the show called me, basically. We're not as close as we were in high school, but it's because we're off living our own lives, so that's fine. Susan had no idea that she was supposedly lying or involved in any of this. And then we get a Chiron under Susan that says, Susan denies that she's two faced. <laughs> Great. There's a third party here, I already mentioned, named Ginger. Ricky says that Ginger is here to support Jennifer today. I don't know who told Ricky that because I don't know why, I mean, I know why Ginger's here. It's important that she is. If she wasn't, I don't even know what this conversation would look like. We'd still be talking about Ginger. That's what it comes down to. Ginger's outfit. mm, It sucks she's sitting next to Susan because Susan's easily the prettiest, best-dressed girl on the stage and... Ginger's not. Ginger's the one. She's also in all white and black alternating things. She's also got the white long sleeve turtleneck, but then she's got a black vest and black pants like she's in a fucking choir. Her face is just doughy looking. She's got a similar haircut as Susan, but it's not as nice at all. And the bottom part of her outfit... I don't know what I don't know. Okay, the thing is the definition. This is HD HDTV from the 90s, right? So some things were hard to see just from the quality of the video. But to me, it looked like black leggings that were sort of mid to low calf length, tucked into white socks with these little black loafers on, it looked horrible. It made her feet look so tiny, and usually that wouldn't be a bad thing, but it just she didn't look balanced, or she looked a little bit—I guess balanced. She looked like what was those it? It like Weeble wobbles, or like those big inflatable things that you'd like punch and then they pop back up. She she just looked really small at the bottom and not as small as we make our way up her body. I feel like I'm being so offensive, guys, today. I'm sorry. Ginger's terrible, I think, if that makes me feel better about my description of her as a weeble wobble. Ginger says, well, Susan's lying because when I first met Susan, I wasn't friends with Jennifer. We'd only met one time. Susan showed Ginger a photo album. She said Susan had lost a lot of weight and that's when Susan and Jennifer started growing apart. Susan and Jennifer never said that they really grew apart other than just from high school. I don't know why Ginger wouldn't know that. It seems like Ginger's making aspersions about that, but I, Jennifer and Susan don't mention that at all. They go, blah, 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 on about this photo album and who's friends with who, and, <laughs> and then Ricky's like, yeah, yeah, get to the slut part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe that. I was like, she took the words right out of my mouth. Indeed, ladies, get to the slut part. Ginger asked Susan about this picture of Jennifer and started fishing for... Inf- These are Ginger's words, that she asked Susan about this picture of Jennifer and then started fishing for information. Why? Number of times in my life I've looked at a picture of someone I didn't know and asked follow-up questions? Zero. <laughs> I guarantee it. I, I don't know you. Why would I ask questions or fish for information about someone that I would met one time? Zero to one times at this point. Susan was... This is, this is what Ginger says. Is that Susan was like, oh, she lies about this. She's kind of flirtatious and leads guys on. And she goes out and drinks and gets drunk. And Ginger says, so I turned around and told Jennifer's husband. Why? Like, who are you? Ginger's a monster. She says he responded and said, oh, well, that doesn't sound like Jennifer. Ginger's like, so I left it at that. And then she said that Susan was like, oh yeah, Jennifer is a bitch. (laughs) Okay, I don't, Ginger, why are you here? It It just seems so crazy. And so much of what Ginger says doesn't make sense, which I think really indicates that She's the liar here. Ricky asks Susan if she called Jennifer a bitch. And Susan denies this. She says no. Never said that. Would never say that. Susan seems to really like Jennifer. Susan thinks she's being set up by Ginger now. Like, now that this is all coming out, it seems like this show has brought a lot of light (laughs) to the situation for... At least for Jennifer and Susan. Susan says this. Actually, she says it many times. She's probably said it before. I just only wrote it down on maybe the sixth time. And she will say it another six times. (laughs) She's like, I just live my own life. I have a job. I go to school. I'm engaged. I have a second job. I don't live close to her. She says she means ginger. But also, I don't think it sounds like she lives close to Jennifer anymore either. So, she's just, like, doing uh, all sorts of things. But she's like, but somehow Ginger knows everything about me. And Ginger tries to explain as best as she can the nonsense. She says... Well, you know, a few months ago, I called a friend that I hadn't talked to in a long time, and she told me all this stuff about Susan. Susan was living with a friend. Susan's like, how is this any of your business, though? Like, so <laughs> so she got all this dirt on Jennifer because she met her once, okay, and now she's getting all this dirt on Susan? Dude, why? Why are you like this, Ginger? Just live your own life. <laughs> Ricky asks Jennifer who she believes. It does sound like Ginger has something against Susan. Jennifer explodes a little bit. (laughs) It's just basically like, listen, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I definitely don't know why someone almost blew up my marriage over this shit. (laughs) Susan's like, I don't know anything. I'm sorry. And she like, touches jennifer's shoulder in a genuine apology type of way where you can tell that ginger is definitely the bad guy in this situation in that one moment jennifer's like oh my god i don't want you to be upset and i think she means it jennifer yells on about like she's like i have two stories here one from one side one from another and my marriage almost got broken up because of this And Susan's like, I don't know anything about it because I live my own life. I do my own thing. I have a job. I go to school. I have a second job. I'm engaged. That's why we're not as close anymore. Jennifer doesn't know who to believe. Ginger says she should believe her husband. It's so... I was like, what? What? Like, it's so confusing. You can tell when things get confusing like this that there's a lie in there somewhere because it's obviously, like... If it made sense, it would make sense, right? <laughs> Without these long convoluted addendums. Ricky asks Ginger what she had to gain by telling Jennifer's husband this information, which is a great point. Ginger's like, nothing. Susan told me this stuff and I had a mental picture of Jennifer at this time. I, I, by mental picture, do you mean because you saw a picture of her? <laughs> that's she goes on that's why i told john all this stuff john's jennifer's husband that's why i told john all this stuff then she goes out and gets drunk and she may be cheating on you (laughs) and she's like she's not and it's like everyone's booing at ginger everyone's like what are you talking about like stay in your lane ginger an audience member accuses susan of being in people's business. And Susan looks so confused. And they're like do you mean Ginger? And she's like yes Ginger. The one on the end. And she goes on. She's like Ginger's obviously bringing all the drama to the situation here. Correct. Ginger says she called about two months ago. To talk to Jennifer about her ex-roommate. And to confront her on some things. And then she goes on. An even longer explanation that I literally cannot follow even a little bit. I don't know what Ginger's talking about. This probably works really well for Ginger when she's talking to one person, but when she's speaking to an audience, (laughs) there's, there's more people to be like, wait, what? Like, what are you talking about? I think, yeah, I think she probably bamboozles quite a few people. Another audience member, I think kind of astutely, asks if Ginger has fill for Jen's husband, because that seems like the only possible motivation for her to be involved in any of this. Uh, different, we don't get an answer, by like, <laughs> Another audience member says, well, if you were supposed to be friends with the husband and Jennifer, then you should have went to Jennifer first, like if Susan's talking shit on you. Ginger explains that she didn't know Jennifer at that time, but she's been friends with Jen's husband for six years. And then Susan's like, but John has nothing to do with me and Jennifer's relationship. Ginger says John doesn't like Susan and didn't even want her in the wedding. Jennifer's like, yeah, because of the stuff you told him. <laughs> Susan's like, yeah, I wouldn't like me either. If all the shit you were saying about me was true. Susan says she and Jennifer are best friends and she wants to stay friends. Jennifer brings up that Susan hasn't been calling her back. There's some confusion about Susan moving out from her parents' house and when she moved out and whether or not she was getting these messages. I guess Jennifer was calling Susan's parents' house where Susan had lived when they were friends and... I guess she'd moved out, but it sounds like bad communication from the parents where they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll get her to call you back. And then either they just never told, it sounds like they just never told Susan or maybe they called, you know, maybe they were talking to Susan. They were like, oh, Jennifer called and just, she was like, okay. And didn't, you know, I just think it got lost in translation between the two of them. We get another commercial and then more fisheye camera on people on the street. They, I don't even, I, the, the most interesting, maybe they use the fisheye effect because what people said was so stupid and boring. I don't know. There we got like, it's human nature. It's a drug. Mind your business. Now we get a new set of people, Christopher and his friend, Jen, just Jen, Christopher's outfit. I don't know what this hat is called. It looks like kind of a tweed material. I don't know if we call it a pageboy cap or like a newsy cap. It's a cap. I would call it a cap. Tweed cap. (laughs) He's got like a white shirt with no collar, but there are buttons and a brown blazer. Jen is wearing a green hoodie type sweatshirt. I don't know why you'd pick that. She's wearing a, a, a sweater. I don't want to call it a sweatshirt. Like it... It's like sweater like you'd wear with sweatpants that match. It's that type. It's not a nice knitted sweater or even an ugly knitted sweater. (laughs) It's just like a a hoodie with no hood. It would be perfect if you were raking your lawn on a nice September day. (laughs) That was a bit cool. That's, That's the only reason to wear that sweater, Jen. You are coming on TV. You should pick a better shirt. Jen's hair is even more insane than Angela's hair was. It's far worse. I mean, Angela's hair was definitely on purpose. Whether or not it was a good choice, I couldn't say. But if Sideshow Bob existed in real life and saw Jen's hair, he'd be like, oh, fuck, <laughs> get a hairdresser. Like, it was Sideshow Bob esque, I guess. Like, it was red and it was really, really frizzy curls. She had it in a bun on top of her head, but it almost looked like almost two buns, maybe one and a half buns, I'd call it. She's got bangs, but they're parted down the middle. And they're just big swatches of frizz on each side of her face. And there's a braid involved in these bangs, (laughs) a braid on each side, just in the, just in the bangs, just in there. And then tucked behind each ear. She turned, when she came onto the stage, she sort of turned, and I thought maybe the back bottom part was shaved, but the quality again was pretty shit. So maybe it was just pulled super tight at the bottom. If it was shaved, I don't even know what to do with that. Like any single one of these choices is hard to understand. She looks a little bit like the girl in Friends. <laughs> When Monica gets identity thieved, uh, or someone steals Monica's identity and they go on all these adventures together, that is kind of who Jen looks like, but with insane hair and a shitty, shitty sweater. Okay. So now I hope you all have a clear picture of Chris and Jen. (laughs) I guess Chris had high school friends and college friends. And for New Year's Eve, he had a party. And he invited all the friends together. Because that always works out great. Party was cool. Jen was there. Next day, four friends who he says don't all know each other. Which, I mean, I, he must have had a lot of friends, you'd think. Were they all college friends or... I don't know how... Anyway, he says these four friends did not know each other. They just knew him. And they all called him the next day and told him that Jen was at this party telling them that Chris is gay and he's an alcoholic and that he scams women for money. (laughs) He was like, at first, I thought it was a practical joke. Because what would she have to gain from that? He just doesn't understand her motivation at all. I don't understand her her motivation at all. Jen comes out and she says, you're a liar and you just need to stop. I met your cool college friends. It sounds like she's really fucking jealous of his cool college friends. She didn't get along with these college friends and it doesn't sound like she got along with the high school friends. Chris asks what does that have to do with any of it Jen says just let me talk <laughs> number one I left the party early I never said you were gay I still talk to three of your ex-girlfriends on a daily basis <laughs> which may give me pause because that sounds like he's your ex's friend or like it sounds like Jen is his Chris's ex's friends ex's friends <laughs> more than chris's friend she goes on number two you're not an alcoholic you give me shit for smoking and chris asks her so why would people tell me this four people four different people who don't even know each other you're saying they all met up and conspired to make this all up and they start with the hands kind of pointing and flailing they're sitting very close to each other so when and i think chris is just very expressive with his hands so the the hands start kind of flying close to each other and Ricky moms us and says not with your hands don't talk with your hands just talk with your mouth I was like that's what she said zing Jen asks well why didn't you say this sooner like almost two weeks ago you called my mom and told her I was a drug addict and Chris Explodes. He's like, What I I don't even know your mom. (laughs) Everyone starts laughing at that. Ricky feels there might be something deeper here going on. She feels that Jen sounds very angry. Jen says that she never said he was gay, but she did, however, say that he owes oh my god, my dog. Click, click, click. Sorry, I got interrupted by my dog and his clicky clacking nails. Jen says that she did, however, say that Chris owes her $2,000. And when Chris hears this, he almost jumps out of his chair. He's like, what the fuck? And the hands start flailing again, and they both stand up. And then both times I watched it, I had a real reaction. Like, Jen shoves Chris in the chest hard, hard. Both times I watched it, I was like, holy shit. Like, I don't even think if she really went of. Uh, More men in suits come up to break it up. Uh, Ricky, again, we got another hard cut there, right? So, Ricky's like, oops, we had another one. We don't do that here. Violence is never the answer, guys. <laughs> now, Chris says... Okay, I got one thing to say. <laughs> I just had to finish it with like, is it sachet? Chante. <laughs> sachet, 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 sachet. Woo! <laughs> I wish he would have said that, but he didn't say that. He said, this $2,000, I want to see the receipts. What are you talking about? he tells us that she called him on Christmas Eve. I don't know if this, I want to know if it's the same year, if the Christmas Eve that he's talking about happened on the same year as his New Year's Eve party. I, it it must have been. I don't know. I want to know. She called him on Christmas Eve to bail her out of jail by sending $300 through Western Union because she beat up a police officer. (laughs) And Jen's response to that is, yeah, because you owe me two thousand dollars. <laughs> Which I guess is a reason why. Why'd you beat up the police officer? What <laughs> what happened on Christmas Eve? It's like we get all these stories and I never get the story that I actually want. Chris says that's bullshit. And when he he actually says bullshit, an audience goes, ooh, like he called her a C word or something. Ricky asks for clarification or for more information on the $2,000. Jen says that right after he graduated from high school, she even specifies he's a year older than her. So the year that he graduated high school, he didn't have enough money to go to school. So she helped him out of the goodness of her heart and gave him this $2,000 to go to school, which... <laughs> so not alone, then, right? If, if if there's one thing I learned from Judge Judy, and let me be clear, only Judy can judge me. If you gave someone money out of the goodness of your heart, in your own words, that does not qualify as a loan. <laughs> Ricky asks them if they can be friends again. Chris says mm, she's a good time to party with, but to trust her with literally anything, no, that's not your girl we cut to commercial. Our fisheye lens is back when we come back. And some guy from the street is telling us about how he got hurt and slipped a disc in his back. And then someone who was there at the time told a bunch of other people that he was faking that. Which he recommends not doing. Next up, Braun. With his friend Patrick. Don't feel like I... This guy looks like a Brawn. I don't hear the name Braun a lot. You better be hot as shit. Like, it's, it's one of those names that you you have to be a hot guy, I think, to be brawn. This guy isn't quite as hot as, as the brawn that my brain conjures up for me. Anyway, Braun says they've been friends, him and Patrick, I guess, they've been friends for a few years. Now Pat lives with him. Since Pat's moved in, he's done, in bronze words, done nothing but talk mad amounts of crap to my friends (laughs) he says he's extremely sick of it and very pissed off at him pat's friend had um, was it pat's friend i guess yeah pat i don't know i don't know a mutual friend had money stolen apparently pat told that guy that braun probably did it but Bron was with this same mutual friend the night that the stealing occurred, so it couldn't have been him. And Ricky says, huh, well, that doesn't sound like a friend to me. Let's meet Patrick. (laughs) Here comes Patrick. Everyone boos. Both of these guys have like a 90s frat boy type look. they got baggy jeans and ball caps and I wasn't even going to mention any of this until Patrick walked out and his shirt was so fucking big that I thought it was a dress (laughs) for a second it just it takes up like I don't know 65 to 70 percent of the length of his body Braun refuses to return Pat's (sighs) dap it's a bit of a moment what a betrayal indeed (laughs) when someone tries to dap you up and you refuse Burn. So Ricky reminds them to stay in their seats, keep their hands to themselves. Bron says, I want to know why you lied to my girlfriend, told her that I slept around, which is BS. You lied saying I stole money. Just tell me why. Bat kind of gives him a look and then he's like, So Ricky, <laughs> he turns like he was only going to address Ricky. He tells Ricky that Bron did sleep with another girl. They can't name her. They all agree that it's because she's not there. Like, Ricky says, no, she's not here. She doesn't want to be talked about. We can't say her name. Which is nice, actually. Good for you, Ricky. Hashtag feminist Ricky. Helping us out. Ricky then asks him how he knows that they slept together for sure. She says oh were you in the room with them <laughs> like, how would you know this pat replies by saying that this girl was so distraught and he, he's like you know how distraught she was? let me tell you how distraught she was she went to a church and found herself a priest god's honest truth what <laughs> how is that proof how is that proof are, were you the priest? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know how that helps anything. Bron says, hell no, this never happened. And he adds it two weeks ago they broke up. It's sad. He's like, I really liked her. Or I really like this girl. I mean, liked her. I don't know, two weeks ago she dumped me. It's like, ah. Everyone says, ah. And Bron says, thank you <laughs> to the audience. Thank you. Pat... He's like, y'all don't even know about him, though. Straight up, he's a liar. Bron's like, I'm telling them about me. <laughs> I really like these. I don't like them as people, but they bring a lot to this show. Pat says he's a liar, too. So is that when you say, 2 you're kind of implying that you yourself are also a liar. I'm just heads up, Ricky... Now skips past the audience member that insulted Darcell at the beginning of the show and says she won't let them insult anyone else on her stage. Ricky's kind of a boss bitch, but in like a fuddy-duddy way that kind of makes me think of Sally Jesse, Sally Jesse Raphael. A different audience member says, friendship is one thing in high school. When you graduate, you enter into adult world. Those friends become associates. There's no such thing as friends when it comes down to taking a mate between men and women. And everybody applauds this, but I didn't understand what the fuck that meant. Maybe you do, but I don't. I don't really know what I'm supposed to take. You still have friends when you're an adult. What a sad man. A different audience person says, To Darcel: no woman has any business coming to any woman's door at 8 a.m. every morning. And Darcelle starts back. she's like, I didn't come to her house at eight o'clock in the morning. The audience member's like, excuse me. And then to Jennifer, <laughs> she looks like a nice, gentle person. Susan seems a bit delusional. Like she wants to create an illusion. Friends return calls. If she was her friend, she would call her back. And Susan's like, I wasn't getting the messages. <laughs> like, I can't. Call people back if I don't know they're calling me. I think Susan could have maybe tried harder to maintain her connection with Jennifer, but I don't think she... I think that happens to a lot of friendships, is you just grow up and drift apart, and it's fine. Um, up next, Mike and Jamie. Mike's outfit... It's It was so much. I didn't write it down because I wasn't going to talk about it, but it was... It was a lot. It was a moment. It felt like he looked really cool for 1994 or whatever this was. It was like a plaid vest with a hood. Red, red plaid vest with a hood. And he had on black leather gloves and a really thin mustache. No beard. Mm, I want to say jerry curls but I could be wrong on that because again I didn't write it down because I wasn't going to talk about it and here I am because I've not been able to think of anything else since (laughs) to be honest (laughs) like this guy just wearing this it was such a weird shirt I just we don't we don't see we don't see shirts like that anymore red plaid with the hood on a vest it wasn't like a heavy material I don't know I don't know what happened And then Jamie's the guy with the shirt that I talked about at the beginning with the quilt, the quilted kind of random black and white patterns or prints, I guess we could call them. Anyway, Mike and Jamie. Mike told Jamie he'd slept with his cousin's boyfriend and Jamie promised he wouldn't say anything, but then he turned around and told the cousin immediately. The cousin confronted Mike. The cousin... Wasn't mad at the boyfriend, just Mike. And Mike was confused because he was like, I feel like that's the person you should be mad at over me is your actual boyfriend. (laughs) I mean, he's like, I I know what I did wasn't great, but why would you be more mad at me than your boyfriend and still cool with your boyfriend? And Jamie was the only other person who knew about this. Maybe the boyfriend told her. Maybe that I don't know. Anyway, here comes Jamie. (laughs) Jamie confirms actually well okay I guess we know because Jamie confirms he did tell the cousin and he did this as retribution because he says that Mike outed him as gay to Jamie's mom Mike says that's bs Jamie's so gay that it's obvious to everyone around him that he's gay but he didn't have to out him in that way and Jamie had or my hmm. Oh, these names, they keep getting flipped around on me. He, Mike had heard that Jamie had told someone else that he did this because he wants to be with Mike. An audience member, who cares? <laughs> All this Mike and Jamie stuff... Toss it out the window. Nobody in the audience is interested. An audience member tells Pat and Bron that what happens in the house should stay in the house. And Pat shouldn't have told the girl. Pat says the girl is his friend. Bron says he's kicking Pat out. Pat has really pretty eyes. I don't know if he's a liar or not. I really can't tell in that situation who's the problem. But Pat has very pretty eyes. (laughs) Just wanted to let you know. A new audience member... Who's was giving very Voldemort vibes. Voldemort realness this is what I would call his look, and he won't make eye contact or look up. He's got this big black turtleneck on and a shaved head. He he says that he knows Bron and he doesn't trust him as far as he can throw him. Anytime Bron comes over, he tells people to hide the fish, which I was like, "Was he gonna fuck them?" Like. <laughs> If if I thought a thief was coming over to my house, I think the fish are the last thing I'd hide. Who cares? What, how expensive are the fish? Where is he going to put them? Hide your valuables, idiot. He's uh, he's kind of starts mumbling. He's not he doesn't look like he wants to talk. He's like, "I don't want to accuse, but and Ricky's like, "Well, it sounds like you're standing up here and accusing him." <laughs> Brown's like, "Yeah. What are you going to say?" And this audience guy just like trails off. He's without making a point and Ricky helps him along to the finish line with so you're saying they deserve each other he's like yeah yeah I was like did Pat pay this guy (laughs) I don't know I don't know who that was or why he was here and then another lady in the audience stands up to say well I'm Susan's sister and best friend and well I thought Jennifer was Susan's best friend first of all Uh, anyway she says that Susan never dogged Jennifer like that. We we hear the word dogged a lot in this episode. I guess I could have brought it up more, but it, it's such a silly word. <laughs> I didn't even want to. I think it was even in a Chiron at one point. Anyway, uh, we got another commercial. And for some reason, they must be running out of time because the music when we went out for this commercial was sped up times 10 and also played on a mini key like sorry a midi keyboard. It had a real sound to it that I didn't <laughs> like it was, it was so fast and it was a midi keyboard. I don't know. It's one thing to I thought maybe they just sped up the music, but it it really felt like it was being played on a different instrument altogether. Now the audience will vote. You know what they did is they took the music, like the theme music for Ricky, and they recorded it on a MIDI keyboard or programmed it in through the computer and then used that MIDI keyboard to speed it up. I am 95% sure that's what happened. Now the audience is going to vote See, so remember I thought it was just Jenny Jones who did that, but now Ricky's going to get her audience to vote on whether they should keep the friend or tell them to get the fuck out. Seems pretty obvious in each one of these cases what should happen. I don't feel like we needed a vote, but here we are. The signs that they have are... I did write them. Oh, so I couldn't tell if it was... I think it's two separate signs. Because one is on green paper and it says, Keep them. And on the red side, or on a red sheet that may or may not be attached to the green sheet, it says, bounce them. So your options are keep them or bounce them. Got it? So full audience. So we go to the start. We Start at the start. And Angela, was it? And Darcell. Full audience says Darcel should bounce. Not even a question. We don't spend any time on that. Ricky takes the opportunity before we vote on Jennifer and Susan to say that Jennifer and Susan have not stopped talking since Ginger left the stage. And I was like, when did Ginger leave the stage? Why? <laughs> did she storm off? Did something dramatic happen? I want to know. <laughs> Why do you keep doing this? Jennifer is like, I want to say something. I don't know who said what, but I don't care anymore. Nothing's worth losing a friendship over. And it sounded as saccharine as i just said it but jennifer and susan have a really nice genuine looking hug and of course the audience fully votes that they should stay friends christopher and jen full audience says he should tell jen to bounce Braun and patrick bit of a mild response for them to stay friends it wasn't the silence that we heard for say angela and darcel but there was a much bigger one for them to bounce. Mike and Jamie, again, bit of a mixed bag response. Seemed like a bigger reaction for bounce. Uh, we got a couple more audience comments. An audience member thinks Jamie does want Mike. Uh, that might it might be true. An audience member, the lamest person in America, says stands up to say, I think it's a real shame in today's society that people backstab. To which Ricky says, okay, (laughs) she just moves on. And at this point I noticed that for some reason in the background, like the set, um, I don't know if you call it a set or a background, call it a set. There's a giant red gramophone. Why? Don't know. No reason. Commercial. And then when we come back, no fish islands this time, Ricky wraps it up. She says... Friendship is about honesty and trust. And if you can't be trusted, you don't deserve to have friends. So before you do anything that could jeopardize a friendship, consider how lonely it can be without any friends at all. And it's over. And the audience, we have the doo 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 doo. doo. And the audience going, Go Ricky, go Ricky, go Ricky. <laughs> and that's it. So everybody consider their friendships, I guess, and don't backstab or be liars ricky's advice that's my advice good general advice thank you so much for listening thanks for making it to this point (laughs) if you have a very 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 quick second to rate and or review and or subscribe i really cannot tell you how much that would mean to me it would mean the world if you would like to reach me, I can be reached at realityrootspod at gmail.com and please connect with me on Facebook. That would be so cool. It is also under reality roots pod. It's a profile so you can connect with me there too. Thanks again for being here. I had so much fun and I'll talk to you again next week. Okay. Bye.